Hello, and welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I am Farrah, your host, and today I have Keith Smith with me, which I am so excited to be able to <laughs> chat with you. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Keith actually played college ball and is now a holistic health coach um, for a Division II basketball team, as well as pursuing art and a lot of different other creative en- endeavors, including creating um, like actual pieces of clothing, too, which has been really fun to be able yeah. to see what you've been coming up with and um it seems like it's actually generating quite a bit of energy around you yeah um i just released one yesterday um that kind of has just turned into an outlet for me to um kind of express myself in a different way yeah um but i think i like the fact that i've been able to balance it out with the holistic coaching so it's not like i'm relying on it because yeah. I feel like it adds a little pressure to it that I don't like. So mm-hmm. just like trying to navigate that whole thing. And just once I stopped playing basketball, um, trying to figure out what to do next was kind mm-hmm. of something I went back and forth on for a while. So I feel like I'm now settling into what I'm going to more focus on. So That's incredible. Yeah. And, um, well, that's like, I feel like now I just need to open that can of worms because I feel like that's a layered kind of um presentation of something because it seems like a part of your self-discovery journey which you know is that kind of the root of this podcast is to be able to understand kind of like what passions and what's pulling you and i feel like you have a few things that are pulling at your heartstrings at this moment which to be able to express yourself creatively but then also to kind of honor like the lineage of like your family and also just like your life and playing basketball yeah. And to be able to serve players and to be able to give them that kind of like one up um, in their game. Yeah, um, for sure. Like I, the stuff I'm doing now and learning with the coaching is stuff that I wish I could mm-hmm. have had access mm-hmm. to when I was playing. And I like I started pursuing that for my like doing the work myself at the very end of my um, athletic career. So it's just it's changed my life to be honest. And, mm-hmm. um, I just want to, you know, tell people, you know, cause in the, I would, I wouldn't want to call it therapy, but it's in that world mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. where I come from aren't really comfortable, um, doing that type of work and even asking for that type of help. Yeah. Um, so I just think if, you know, I enter the space, I could be somebody that could, maybe more normalize it Mm, to at least mm -hmm. my community and uh, athletic, like, especially basketball. I mean, I think basketball, you're not taught how to process through how you feel. Mm, And mm -hmm. you're just really taught how to perform. Yeah. Just like grind it out. And it's either you mask what you're feeling through mm. certain things or you're taught to like yeah. suppress it now yeah. so i think it could not only improve mental health for all athletes but yeah. um if you if you like pursue it early enough it could add like a skill to your whole game and so yeah that's kind of what i not kind of but that is what you know i want to offer and help people with 
That's incredible. When it sounds like from personal experience, you're like, I would now that I have these tools, I wish I would have had them earlier. And now this is an opportunity for me to be able to uplevel other people that are going through similar things and probably don't have the same skill sets or knowledge around this area. And for those of um, you that are unfamiliar with like health coach and holistic health coach in particular, how would you describe it to someone that's never heard of it or is kind of curious about that? Um, it's a, it's a comprehensive approach to feeling better, I would say. So mm-hmm. like as a basketball player, we were provided strength and conditioning coaches and nutritionists, um, but didn't really have anybody that you could talk to about mm-hmm. how you were feeling. Um, and it, you didn't really have anything that you could connect the dots about like, why do I feel like this? Why does... Mm-hmm such and such keep happening um why am i not you know maybe having the best experience with my coach and so it's kind of bringing all that together where it's you know making mind and body connections um and kind of connect like there's nothing in the body that's not connected like how you feel has a direct correlation to not only your physical health, your mental health, but in your emotional health, spiritual health. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of bringing that all together. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because there's never, every single person who asks me what it is, there's never a, there's Clear never, a, yeah, there's yeah. never the same, I don't like describe it the same yeah. time, um, same way every time I talk about it. So mm-hmm. it's really just, a comprehensive approach to health and mm-hmm. um so it's like which is in- it's always been interesting to me because there's no real other than just being guided by my coach who mm-hmm. i've done the work with there's no like doctorate program to like yeah get the schooling on it or which has been something i've had to like work through just Cause I'm part, partly like, and I'm working through this, but I have for a long time been more of a perfectionist type person where I think everything has to line up and feel perfect before I start. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been able to kind of break away from that and just kind of jump in the pool before I know how to swim. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so... It's a long answer, but yeah, no, it's okay. Like, and you've been working with a holistic coach for mm-hmm. how many years now? Through a little over three years. Three now. years. And how has it benefited your life? Um, it's been, it's changed my life. I think for like, I think if I wouldn't have found him and done the work, um, I think I'd be much less happy and just in a dark place mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, because once I, I had my whole identity was wrapped up in basketball. Like yeah. I thought that's who I was, mm-hmm. not just what I did. So that if I didn't have a good day on the basketball court, I didn't have a good day. Like yeah. I didn't. And that ruled my whole life. It like seeped into my relationships and I was just kind of like moseying around depressed that um, that I was not only experiencing like physical injuries with my knee, but uh, my dream of being a NBA player was 
like the only thing I cared about. And yeah. so when that was clear that it wasn't really going to pan out, it kind of just flipped my whole world on its mm -hmm. head. And I could never imagine that the game I love would be taken away so early in my life. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, like I went into a very dark place mentally and I found the coach I work with, uh, Mike, Mike Palmer. Mm -hmm. uh, I found him at the very end of the summer during 2020, during COVID. Okay. Yeah. So just like after all of us, we were all isolated and it was kind of a blessing and a curse um, because, you know, nobody wanted to stop life, but yeah. also it allowed me the time to like kind of reset and figure out what, what I was going to do next mm -hmm. and kind of process through what had just happened. Yeah. Um, so at the very end of that, I found him and started talking to him. And then just little by little, um, I started to make connections and figure, like basically answer some of the questions that wasn't making sense. Like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Why do I keep hurting my knee in the same place? Um, actually, the first time I talked to him, we talked about something and my knee felt better on the phone. And so oh. after that, I was like, I had tried every treatment. I had tried every therapy, um, every drug you could think of. And after that phone call, I was, I, I bought in. Like, I was like, I feel better now than I have after doing like all the physical things you can do to try to heal this thing. So I just started to, you know, call him on a regular basis, talk through things and figure stuff out. So, yeah, it's been a journey since ever since then. It's just been kind of like a talk to him when I need to. Um, mm -hmm. And then this past summer, uh, I had my first art show. And after that, it was it was a weird feeling because I was really happy, like really just like, I can't believe I had an art show and I've been kind of, it was like a new passion of mine that I was pursuing. Mm -hmm. um, but when it happened, it was like, oh, this isn't how I thought it was going to be, like mm -hmm. feeling wise. Like yeah. it was great. It was, it turned out better than I thought it could be. Um, but it didn't feel fulfilling in a way. Mm -hmm. Like it just felt like it happened and it was like, okay, what next? But I thought it was going to feel different. I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is going to be like the answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought yeah. that was going to be the answer to some of my problems and it wasn't. Uh, I mm -hmm. thought it was going to like replace basketball. And it, That's what I was wondering. I was yeah. like, did you feel like it was going to be that new like driving force for you that yeah. basketball had been for so many years? Yeah, that's what I thought. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, something feels empty like so not in a sad way but it was just like that wasn't it it didn't satisfy you the way that you were yeah. hoping it to yeah so hmm. after that um i talked actually to mike about it and oh. he just kind of planted the he just asked me like would you and that's when i actually figured out like oh i'm not what i do mm -hmm. like they're separate like I can do anything. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that is my identity. That, that's Your who existence, I am. Right. right? So, um, how you serve the world can be separate from, like, who you are as a person. Right. Yeah. Right. So, after I kind of 
had that aha moment or something clicked in me and I was like, oh, so I could just do whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to, even I can still do art. It doesn't mean I'm an artist, mm -hmm. but yeah. I create art. Like, there can be a separation there. And if some, if people don't, like, some people do believe, like, their purpose is to be an artist and do that full time. And it's not taking anything away from them, but I just think it's something that I learned that it's like, you're not one thing. Yeah. You can be multidimensional in that actually. I think that that's more realistic. I think when people put too much pressure on one particular area, it almost um, puts them, you actually like in a way, maybe even unintentionally put yourself in a box to be like, I can't yeah. explore anything else because this is, I have to be completely focused just on this one area. Exactly. Yeah. But I think we're all evolving. We're always changing. We're always like, you know, and incorporating different things that fuel us and that we feel connected to. And I think being able to jump into whatever pool that is on that day, it's like there's a freedom in that too. Mm -hmm. And um, keeps us, I think, exploring. And honestly, I think more innovative, like one of them, um, Albert Einstein was known for like, he was obviously a mathematician, but like was known for like playing the violin and was like very passionate about like art and music. And like, they also say that that's why he was so brilliant was because he never tried to just stay in one box. Like mm -hmm. he was very um, versatile. And yeah. um, I think that there's a lot of power in that too. Yeah. I did not know that. That's really I was like, cool. I read actually, actually if you want to, it's, Five, it's over 500 pages, but it's his biography. And it's one of the best biographies I've ever read in my life. And I was like hooked and I've had like such a new appreciation for him. He was kind of a dick. I will be honest about that about him. <laughs> and there's some like stories about it because he wasn't maybe the most like a um, charismatic person necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But um, his view of the world and how he saw it and how he showed up was just really unique and he really owns his individuality in that way. And I can always respect someone that stands by their opinions, even yeah. contrary to what everyone else is saying around you. Cause he wasn't respected or even acknowledged by the physics community for a really long time. Cause all of his philosophies went exactly directly against Newton's law of physics, ah. which then would like literally change everything for everyone. Yeah. And so like, they just, they were trying to kind of ignore him for a yeah. really long time. I don't think he got acknowledged until he's in his like sixties or something like that. And he'd been doing wow. it for like 40 years. Anyways, side note, total side note. Oh. But, I was like, but I think that those are those moments though, that we can kind of incorporate all of who we are. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously a talented artist. I don't think there's any way around that. And if it flows through you, then like, let it be expressed. Yeah. But even within your art, like you talk about, like you do bring pieces of you, like you have a lot of basketball players or like even just like imagery mm -hmm. of that. Um, and I think there can be, you know, they're all woven together, it seems to yeah. be. So, but with all like kind of like backtracking a little bit. So started out, main vision was to play basketball. And was yeah. that like ingrained in you since you were a kid or like when did that dream start? Yeah, so... um how do I start that one? My dad played in the NBA for a short moment um, in the 80s. Um, he was a really good college player at Loyola Marymount. Um, and so when I started expressing interest in basketball, um, it was an easy connection. You know, want to do yeah. what your dad does. Um, and I was just, I just was always pretty tall. Like it was, I was always coordinated. Mm -hmm. um, and from a young age, it 
wasn't really hard for me. So I would just pick up stuff quick. Yeah. Um, and I gravitated towards basketball out of all the other sports I tried. Mm-hmm. And then in fifth grade, um, I started playing for Rotary in, here in Seattle. Oh. And I just basically dropped every other sport. Like I was oh. just like, mm-hmm. I know I want to play basketball. I'm done with football. Mm-hmm. I'm done with uh, soccer. My other side of my family's big soccer um, coaches and players. Um, but I just was like, you have yeah. an athletic family all around. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was just dead focused on basketball. Like there wasn't, my favorite player was Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just watching his work ethic growing up, mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, that's the, that's the, um, I don't know the word. The I'm holy like, grail, if you will. Or yeah, like, or like, like the, that's the model. Like that's yeah. who I'm mm-hmm. looking to, you know, pattern my game after. Yeah. I would love watching games with my dad, just all the Kobe games. And it was like I wanted to dress or kind of be like AI as far as how I looked. Ellen yeah. Iverson. AI, like it's crazy you say AI now and people think like you're talking about. So, artificial yeah. intelligence, yeah. yeah. But Allen Iverson was like my person that the culture of basketball, like the hip hop side mm. of things, like mm-hmm. I wanted to have the the braids and the headband and the shooting sleeve, but I wanted to play like Kobe, like I wanted to yeah. be Kobe. And so those two players were just real big for me growing up. And I just loved it. Like it was just something that was really fun. Um, and then looking back on it, I think when that might have been like I might have been taking it a little too serious mm-hmm. at a young age because but I didn't know any better it was just like I love this game I want to be good at it like mm-hmm. tell me whatever I have to do to be yeah. good at it I'm gonna do that so I just kind of cut out distractions uh, especially when I got to be an eighth grader I grew to be six one, and oh, then wow. from eighth grade to ninth grade I grew to be six four, and then stopped growing at about six seven. So, yeah. yeah, I was just tall and skilled for my height. I could play a lot of positions, and so it just just blossomed from there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I'm sure a lot of the adults in your life were like, "You want to do this? You're literally equipped to do this. Yeah. So, like, let's like go for it." Yeah, and it's weird, like. I've heard a lot of stories growing up about you say you want to play in the NBA and people laugh at you, say like, oh, it's impossible. But in Seattle, like the community here, you would say that or I would say that and people would be like, yeah, well, probably. And I would just it was almost a reverse mm-hmm. effect. Like mm-hmm. everybody thought I was going to be an NBA player and I was the one internally that was like, yeah. uh, there was like a small voice that was doubting. Like, oh, and really? that's kind of why I was so paranoid. I was like, really like, I have to work hard. Like it was like this switch that wouldn't turn off. So like to a fault, maybe I would, just always be in the gym and it, mm-hmm. nobody was going to tell me different like but um because like and as like a parent it's like you see discipline within your child and you're like yeah. this is great we want to cultivate this we want to continue this yeah. yeah but it was like um it became a almost a, a pressure i put on myself to like oh now i have to 
live up to this expectation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that turned into a whole thing on its own. Um, yeah. But I really think, and I don't know, this is a story just, it's developing as it goes. Cause like, obviously I didn't become an NBA player, but when I was 16, I first uh, tore my meniscus. Mm. And then from then on, tore it three more times before wow. I got to college. But I had played so well with just with, with the, the injury, injury that, yeah. you know, people saw the talent and, you know, I still got scholarship offers, still got heavily pursued by uh, colleges. So and what was the first college that you went to? Oregon, University Oregon. of Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which I is got, an incredible program. Yeah. Yeah. They still, we went to um, the final four my freshman year. Wow. Uh, that was a great experience. Got a whole bunch of um, teammates in the NBA and mm-hmm. were playing overseas. So it was like life-changing type stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just surrounded by all of what I was getting ready for, what I thought was going to be a pro player. And mm-hmm. it just slowly deteriorated. My knee just slowly deteriorated. Um, mm. But because it wasn't like a ACL type injury, mm-hmm. people didn't know how bad it was. So like mm. the doctors knew and my trainers knew, but because I never like tore a ligament or, you know, did something drastic that people are more, um, it wasn't like with. a severe, like it wasn't a dramatic severe yeah. situation. So everyone's like, Oh, he's doing fine. Yeah, he's okay. Exactly. There was, it was like He'll a slow, it, it was mm-hmm. a slow burn almost. Like it was, yeah. I slowly got worse. Um, and the thing that I, what I wish I would have learned what I know now is like, there was a burden on my knee. Like my, my body was telling me to stop. Yeah. And I wasn't stopping. I was going to say your body was communicating with you. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's what I learned the first time I talked uh, to my coach was I was holding expectations. Uh, mm-hmm. I was holding pressure. I was holding just the weight of the world, like my yeah. dad's expectations, coach's expectations, um, my own expectations. And I was holding that in my knee. And mm-hmm. so I learned the right side of your body is the masculine, masculine side, yeah. left side is the feminine. So there was like a lot of masculine, just trauma yeah. in my right side. And the reason why I was, I was like convinced is Mike predicted that on the phone. Really? He, I told him about my injuries and he said, it's the right one, isn't it? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like it is. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And then, so we just talked through that whole stuff. And by the time we got off the phone, I could bend because when I was playing, it had gotten to the point where I couldn't bend my knee past 50, uh, 90 degrees. Wow. So doctors were asking me how I was playing. Okay. They was like, you can barely even flex your knee. How are you running like on yeah. a regular basis? Um, so yeah, after that call, I was bending it better. Um, but it was just a process, this, the start of a process. So Yeah, I to be able to unravel kind of this like almost preconceived notion that you had no other option which is i'm just like tying this back around because yeah. when you said like 
I now have like come to terms with the fact that I can be more than just one thing. Right. But I feel like at a very young age, you were very like determined. Like once you set, I feel like you might be one of those people that once you set your mind to something, you're like, I'm doing this and I'm going to do it right. But you're, are you, you're Capricorn, right? Yes. Yes. Which is a part of, you know, I love astrology. So like (laughs) that is like tried and true, like part of a Capricorn like personality. Cause you want to succeed. You have like a goal and like you will not, falter yeah. until you achieve whatever you have set in mind mm-hmm. it's like like a like having a purpose mm-hmm. is very important to me yeah and, um even in between the moment when i was like okay i don't know if art is it either there mm-hmm. was a a couple of weeks or a month where i was like i just had the best moment like of my short art life yeah. And I don't even feel happy now because I know it's like I need a I need a goal almost. Yeah. Or I don't feel fulfilled just in life. And yeah. So now I can like ease up on myself a little bit. And you know, like you don't yeah. always have to be trudging towards this goal. Like mm-hmm. some parts of life are just enjoying the experience yeah. and awesome. learning from the yeah. lessons. So yeah. Well and to actually like find joy and like yeah have fun Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard for me to let myself just kind of have fun it's weird like no i don't think so yeah i wish i could be more just um i don't know the word i'm looking for like carefree or like yeah or like like almost like let go of some of the discipline Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i love the fact that i'm disciplined but also there's times where i'm like okay you're still like a very young man like you're you acting are. you're acting like you're like you know 40 already in some ways <laughs> i don't want to call 40 year old people old but whatever whatever keeps <laughs> us <laughs> but no like i'm like you know i'm still a relatively young man like still like i, you're I in your 20s. feel yeah. very like i still yeah. feel very like kid like um and when i'm with my friends you know i, I can let loose be more playful um yeah, I just there's something inside me that's like like I never I like I never needed a coach. That was something I didn't think my coaches understood. Like, yes, coach me, but mm-hmm. like you're not the reason why yeah. I'm working hard. Like I you're know. not the reason why I'm focused. I just need you to help me. I need you to help me up level. Just yeah. because you know things I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. It, that's the thing. Like when yeah. you're an eighteen, nineteen year old kid, there's some there's some clashing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also why I want to help, you know, teams and coaches and yeah. players because I think the coach and player relationship is very a very misunderstood one mm-hmm. where um, coaches don't always understand how to get through to their players. Yeah. And the players don't always know that, like, the coaches aren't trying to screw them. Yeah. It's just that the coach's job is to win. Yeah. So it's not their job to um, help you become mm-hmm. what you want to become. Like, that's your job. Yeah. And so there's this kind of tension that goes on within teams that goes unsaid. Um, Interesting. But a big reason why that I figured out is the there's this dynamic of loyalty and respect within relationships um and they go all the way back to you Mm -hmm. know when we're kids with our parents so 
you know, especially for male-driven sports, um, well, female too, the coaches like represents your parent in a way. Mm-hmm. And That's so your relationship with, like if it's a female coach, it's probably more centered towards your relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. If it's a male coach, it's probably more centered to your relationship with your dad. Yeah. Um, and so if you go back and work on your relationship with your parents, mm-hmm. your relationship with your coach can change. And wow. yeah. so that's another thing I wish I could have known when yeah. I was playing. Well, not projecting that we all tend to do, and sometimes we're not even aware of it, yeah, but yeah. that if we see this male authority figure within our life, and if there's any type of, you know, some feeling a sort of way about that, then it could potentially shift how you're treating someone, even if it's subconscious. Yep. Yeah, which is in all relationships right oh yeah yep romantic relationships too yeah like i think that that's like sometimes we don't recognize keith's girlfriend's in the room (laughs) 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 but i think there's like (laughs) like look they looked at each other and i was like little do you guys know but um there is i think there's this unknown like i think if you're not aware of something that it can easily control and maybe even change how you view and treat someone else and like it might be something that you're not conscious of you're not aware of it but once you do like kind of take a step back become more of that observer and like actually watch what's going on and like feel like actually inquire within of where it stems from in any relationship it can make a huge difference yeah Allowing yourself to become the observer gives yourself the opportunity to be able to understand yourself on a deeper level. And um, I'm just curious, like, how has your self-discovery journey been? Because it seems like it's been tied in with kind of your purpose and how you've been, like, showing up occupation-wise to yeah. a certain extent. Um, but outside of that, what does that look like for you? Um, it's just kind of asking a lot of questions within myself. So like you said, the the whole observer thing, um, I think meditation has helped that a lot. And Mm -hmm. just um, knowing that or learning that what you're thinking isn't you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. learning to observe what you're thinking and question what you're thinking it's been a big part of just the self-discovery part of my journey. So, um, how did that, like, how did that come to a head? Like, when did you kind of like fully like embrace that concept? Cause I think that's something that I talked about with people and some people, (laughs) have you ever seen those memes where they're like, when you talk to your, non-spiritual people about your woo-woo stuff yeah. and it's like it's like nothing it's like you know yeah. they're just like oh like yeah, what do you I'm mean my thoughts aren't like like yeah. my like my that i'm not my thoughts and it's like how do you like how do you like where did you learn that how did you like believe that i guess even yeah um just doing the like the work is i don't know if you want to call it shadow work or mm-hmm. um reparenting or there's definitely many ways to go about it i'm Um, sure a little bit of all of that yeah but kind of just being aware that there are multiple voices inside your head or your heart wherever you think the thoughts are coming from um and knowing what voice it is so Mm -hmm. a lot of the the thoughts that we have are directly coming from our ego parts Mm -hmm. um and then, so when I just started meditating um, and starting that as a practice, a regular practice, um, 
I would just start to um, basically practice watching my thoughts yeah. instead of attaching to them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whether it was a worry um, or me doubting, thinking that I was doubting myself, like becoming aware that, okay, that's not you. Mm-hmm. That's something you learned or that's yeah. something you were programmed to think. Mm-hmm. Someone uh, taught you this at yeah, some point in your life exactly. and you believed it to be true. Right. Yeah. Um, and it goes all the way back to when we're like really small, like yeah. um, from zero to seven, your brain mm-hmm. is basically a sponge. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's like you don't, you don't, that doesn't go away once you become like a more aware adult. Or no. It just, those are the things that are kind of running your life until you become aware of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's just about, like if you choose to like you know reprogramming some of that stuff um, challenging those beliefs right Mm -hmm. and i think the best way for me to was the best way i found to do that is to just ask myself questions like Mm -hmm. why am i thinking that Mm -hmm. where did Mm -hmm. i learn that from kind of take more of a curiosity standpoint yeah yeah Yeah. um and just like questions are kind of the secret weapon to challenge a lot of that stuff because from what i've learned um when you question when you ask someone a question it's there's no threat to their ego parts yeah so you can kind of get through Mm. this like kind of invisible wall the defense mechanism right Mm -hmm. so when you and we it's like it's the simple thing of like just think about the last time somebody told you to do something. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to do it. You probably didn't want to do it. Yeah. Or there was like some resistance there. Yeah. And when you ask a question, it kind of, it deflects all of that. Yeah. So. Well, and it empowers someone to kind of feel like they have a choice versus yeah. making someone feel like they are obligated or, or yeah. required to do something and they don't like, they don't have a say in the matter. Exactly. what kind of um questions do you feel like have like really shifted you or have there been ones that stand out that have like kind of made you like take a step back and think more deeply into something um i wouldn't say there was like one question that that changed anything but i say the wording of the questions so Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Uh, would you consider this or is yeah. this possible? Um, or where would you guess that you learned mm-hmm. X, Y, Z? So when you ask questions like that, um, it just makes you think. Like it makes you um, take a pause. And I feel like a lot of us have this issue where we are just going and mm-hmm. we can't just sit still and yeah. just consider something. Um, and we feel like we're almost, at least I had this problem. Like I thought my life was on a stopwatch and yeah. with social media, with all these different things that you see on a screen of like, Oh, am I behind? Like, yeah. am I, am I not good enough? Like, mm-hmm. and it just feels like at times it can feel like you're racing the world. Like yeah. I have to make it like, I have to be successful. 
all these people I'm seeing are doing so well. And it's like the comparison factor too. Yeah, It's Mm -hmm. like comparisons and expectations are the beef of joy. If if you don't like just kind of slow down and remember that like, this is not a race against Mm -hmm. other people. It's a, it's a journey of your own. Like it's not a competition, then it could help. Um, But just along that journey, if you, want to experience some things differently i think the number one thing to start that is to just become curious about why um, certain things happen Mm -hmm. well and i like the way you framed it too because it's like it's about asking yourself the question and then being able to like receive the answer too you know not to insert because i think there's almost an eagerness to be like rationalize something to be like this is i'm asking myself this question i'm going to justify why whatever i initially thought is true and Mm -hmm. it's like just allowing the answer and like i always say like um listen to your intuition and it sounds like that's a large part of that and that meditation's played a part for you to be able to access that i think innate wisdom that resides within us and Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we don't value it because it doesn't always rationally make sense but there's so much weight that we can actually put into that that could honestly really transform our lives in a positive way yeah exactly yeah did you would you say that you like and because we've talked about this a little bit like with your intuition like did you access that through meditation like when was the first time you remember like thinking about that or even just like being curious about what that might mean for you definitely um started to be more become more familiar through meditation mm-hmm. um but just by like you said just observing Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts and just observing kind of the things that were happening in my life. Um, it kind of how I've experienced intuition is it kind of comes up as a feeling, mm-hmm. um, and it comes up as like you know, you might be at a crossroads, and something I actually got from a book, uh, Rick Rubin's book, mm-hmm. is you flip a coin. And then in the air, you see which one you want to happen. Mm. You like, you kind of like, because we all, you know, flip a coin and it's one heads or tails, but you know which one you already want it to to be. be. And so that's the exercise. And it's like doing that type Mm. of stuff, you become more familiar of, oh, that is, that's the intuition. Like, that's the feeling. It's like, that's, it kind of, and like, I don't know, it's hard to, Feelings are hard to explain, but um, I think a good way to go about it is like your first initial mm-hmm. thought or like yeah. what you want to happen first. Mm-hmm. That's the intuition. And yeah. then everything that comes in after that yeah. is when you're starting to like logically go about it and like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not going to work. Or like when a doubt comes in or mm-hmm. when you start to psychoanalyze it, that's yeah. the ego. And yeah. so... Um, I think it it just becomes like a a game almost where you're like trying to identify what you really want and just being strong enough uh, and trusting yourself enough to go with the gut feeling you have even when yeah. it doesn't make sense. Totally. How did you? Yeah. How did you build the trust around that? Just small wins. Like it's. It's like a back and forth. It's like a, 
like something it's like you have to have faith in something before it mm. comes into the physical yeah um and that's it martin luther king faith is taking the first step without seeing the whole staircase yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly that's a great quote wow mm -hmm. that's a great it's um, one of my favorites yeah just because he said that i was like <laughs> <laughs> not that he didn't do an amazing a bunch of different yeah. things but it's like that I one like because it's so true because like you have you can't see like i think intuition is like you don't see the final yeah. like you don't see the final destination mm -hmm. it's not all set out no and there's a lot of still uncertainty that surrounds it mm -hmm. and doubt can easily just like creep in mm -hmm. so it's about like trusting yourself so much to the point that you know that even if you don't see the end result that you're still going to end up exactly where you're meant to be yeah. but yeah so you said small wins yeah just like it's been like that was one of the hardest things for me because i'm a very logical person mm -hmm. i'm a very like rational it has to make sense i'm gonna mm -hmm. think through the whole thing before i start yeah um so just basically you know in little situations like it doesn't have to be a big situation of like oh i feel like i should do this i'm not sure but like choosing that mm. and then mm -hmm. pursuing it and then you come out the other side and you know whether it works out or not you learn something new yeah and then it just becomes that type of thing where you if you keep choosing what feels right eventually it, it starts to like flow more like mm -hmm. it starts to it's like a muscle that gets stronger over yeah time. oh yeah exactly it's yeah. A definitely it's like a muscle um <laughs> and when you like just like any physical practice when you do when you practice something every day and just a little bit each time you get better at it and yeah. so um it's basically choosing choosing to let your fear kind of lead you in a way yeah. and like okay i'm scared to do like actually that makes me think of something but i like to think about fear as a compass mm. and mm -hmm. it's like whatever you're if you're not afraid to do it then mm. it's probably not what you should do isn't that the gosh darn truth case how <laughs> <laughs> you say that i'm like oh yeah <laughs> Like, oh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's like we all have those things that we want to do, but we're scared to do, yeah. but they feel like what we should do. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. just basically make choosing to do that over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's probably my best advice. That what's worked for me is like trying to trust your intuition more. Yeah. Because um, yeah. even if you're afraid of it, like if you still pursue it even past the fear, you know, I don't know why I'm tossing out the quotes right now, but I was to maybe think of another one, but it was like Nelson Mandela. It was like, it's a brave man. Who's a brave man is not one that never feels fear. It's the one that feels fear and does it anyways. Yeah. And so like, you think about like when you do something, even though you're afraid and then you come out the other side and it's like this miraculous yeah. thing that happens or you learn something like there's, it's never lost. Like it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's ever something that it's a failure because no matter what, it gave you some piece of you that you maybe didn't know you needed, but yeah. then now do. you like build confidence that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. What's something that's occurred within your life that, um, if big or small, that was like one of those moments for you? probably art probably right. basketball i wasn't really good at that mm -hmm. um well i was but I, it's i wasn't like when i got to college i was very 
uh, afraid of making mistakes and it kind of derailed my career um, mm. where I was trying to please the coach so much that I stopped playing like myself wow. and stopped playing like the player that got me to mm -hmm. Oregon. Yeah. Um, so basketball wasn't my best. That's almost, almost that I had to go through that to learn from it. And like, yeah. so everything, all the lessons from basketball kind of carried over to when I started doing art. Um, and it would like the, the lesson would show up in a different way. Yeah. And so I would be like, oh, I struggled with that with basketball. Mm -hmm. Let me choose the other option now. Yeah. So, when there, it, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there was almost less stakes yeah. like on the table with art. Yeah. So, where you're like, <laughs> like before you're like, there's no other option yeah. versus now you're like, eh, let's try this other route yeah. and see what happens. It was kind of like the worst has already, what I thought was the worst had already mm. happened. Yeah. So, the, it was like, you know, not that I didn't care, but that I wasn't afraid as much. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, my dream, the dream I cared about most already didn't happen. Yeah. So what do I have to lose now? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. if this works out, great. If it doesn't, it's not it what I wanted to do in the first place. So, yeah, this, yeah like, like the stakes definitely felt less high. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I think basketball and my whole experience as an athlete has been the best teacher of my, you know, short life. Like, yeah. it's informed everything I've done since. Um, and it's offered me a lot of wisdom in ways that people my age, I don't think, get that mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. Just because... Um, there's so many lessons like and there's so many ways in which you're treated older than you really are in yeah. athletics mm -hmm. um so it kind of ages you mentally in a way um yeah. well and i think you also i think underestimate how high of a level you already performed at something and achieved yeah. at something that like no, not to anybody else, but it's like a lot of people don't ever actually get to the, like to be able to play college ball at Oregon. There's probably not very many people that ever actually get there. Yeah. So like for you, it's like you already achieved something that probably most people dream of even getting to. And when that didn't necessarily pan out, like, but you showed yourself you could do it even. Mm -hmm. And then, then also slightly involuntarily that didn't actually end up working. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like you saw it and you were able, you, don't have any question of your ability to be able to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like something can work if I put my mind to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you applied yourself too. And I think applying yourself and putting all of your all into something is like half the battle and really showing up. And I think that's something that comes naturally too as well and being disciplined that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And I, I wish I could. And if there's any athletes watching this, like, Take time to celebrate yourself. Like, mm -hmm. Take time to, you know, give your pat yourself a pat on the back because I definitely, and still to this day, like, there's a part of me that doesn't think I've done anything mm. and doesn't think I've accomplished anything. But um, I think that's my own, you know, stuff to heal or work through. But 
I think just when the goal is so like like the NBA, like any professional sports league, you not only have to be in the top percent, but like the top percent of the top, top percent. percent. Exactly. So yeah, it just just learning that failure isn't a thing. Like mm-hmm. there is no such thing as failure. You didn't fail even if you didn't make it to the supreme level of mm-hmm. you know whatever you're doing um and being able to like celebrate yourself for what you did do and accomplish yeah. is something i would you know advise or suggest anybody that's younger than me or yeah. that's in it right now like just be able to i think you can enjoy the moment yeah yeah right? be, be more present um and not always looking to that next Thing to strive for yeah but being able to like sit in what you're doing and appreciate it like appreciate yourself um for what you've done mm-hmm. and are doing yeah. how are you exemplifying that in your life right now what are you yeah. celebrating right now <laughs> it's a good one what am i celebrating right now i say i'm celebrating starting a new chapter with the holistic coaching mm-hmm. um it feels like like whatever i did didn't you know fill my cup with art it feels mm-hmm. like the rest of my cup is filled up with that um yeah. and i'm really excited about um learning more um about it learning like i'm just really curious about it i want to read every book that i can find about health and wellness yeah. and um so yeah just celebrating that i didn't give in to like fear of just kind of because there's a part of me that it's like oh i need to find a job i need to like yeah. pay bills now so i need to just you know do something realistic yeah. and i kind of i've held out on that for a very long time um, and now it feels like I'm getting kind of, you know, rewarded for that in a way where I've mm-hmm. um, stepped into a position that really wasn't a position to start out with yeah. um, and kind of creating my way as I go um, and being able to help people at the same time, which, which yeah. I'm something else I'm very passionate about. Um, just being of service. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford, he's a very big um mentor and big brother in my life mm-hmm. um and just seeing him do that for our community growing mm-hmm. up um is something that i've wanted to also do in my own way uh so uh just kind of doing that in my own way giving back in my own way yeah. um and kind of making a career out of it is something i'm really excited about so that's what i'm celebrating yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to be able to share some of the things that have made a profound impact in your life, yeah. you know, and I think like you brought up before, there's not a lot of people that are talking about these types of concepts and being able to apply them in a really realistic way. And so like for you to be able to kind of merge all of your worlds at this point is like, yeah. and also maybe to even, I don't know, I'm just tossing it out there, but like using art therapy, different things to be able to be like, to allow people to express their feelings without like having as open forum. Again, not, you don't 
need to make this a career. It can just be a way for you to heal and it can be a way for you to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I think creative expression is vastly underrated within Mm -hmm. our society as a whole and the importance of it, I think gets um, undermined a lot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you stay, like, how would you say, like, because I know you are, I know you have your rituals each day. Like, what are your things that you do each day to kind of stay connected to your intuition and just yourself? That's a good one. Um, I'm a really early riser. I love to wake up early. I know. God bless you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I wish I did. I'll wake up between like five and six and I'll just meditate for about 40 40 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And just kind of, it just helps me. It feels like when I come out of that, it feels like the day is like, uh, how do I explain this? Mm. Like the day is, like you're not chasing the day. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just like flowing with the day now. Yeah. Instead of like reacting, you're almost like, like you said, like flowing or just like, I don't know. I'm the exact same way. I meditate every morning because yeah. like I just have to. Um you do 40 minutes. So like, that's incredible. I try to do like 11 to 15. It's like usually, but I can tap in pretty quickly. Um, but it is, but it is, I literally sit with myself and I like observe what's going on within me. I like, so it's my feelings. I like breathe and I'm more present from the jump instead Mm. of me. Like that's the word feeling like I'm like running from like date moment one, like minute one of your like day, which is stressful. Like, I don't know how people, like, just operate them like that on a daily basis, but most people do. Yeah. I've been there before. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I do that, work out. I still, even though I'm not playing basketball anymore, there's just, that became, like, a normal thing for me. Yeah, like an outlet. I Mm -hmm. still like to, you know, get out energy that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so yeah, this the my morning is just kind of I'm just kind of getting my mind ready for the day. Yeah. Um, and it's like, like you said with the observing thing, it kind of puts my brain in that mode of observing. Yeah. Um, and not attaching to what I'm thinking, and allows me to work through thoughts that might that anything that is going on in my life. Yeah. Um, Maybe even might be carrying through from the other day. Right. So Mm kind of just let's, it's a way for me to um, get out stress if I have any. Um, Don't mind that. (laughs) And yeah, just, I feel like when I do, when I meditate and when I work out in the morning, Mm -hmm. I'm a much happier person for the rest of the day. Yeah. I think there's a significant amount of studies that kind of reinforce that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh, that's actually, that's a great, I just thought of this, but so like a big part of why people like can't process through whatever it is they're going through is because, or what if from what I've learned is because they're in the survival Mm-hmm. Uh, fight or flight mode yes yeah. that's what i was mm-hmm. looking for fight or flight so yeah when you're able to like 
regulate your nervous system. Yeah, exactly. It's that's the like fifty percent of just health. It's it's or probably more than fifty percent, but just feeling good in your body. If you're mm-hmm. constantly in survival mode, yeah, and just that, and we say it. Like I used to say, it, it's like just trying to get through the day, or just yeah. trying to like get through it. It's like when you're in that mindset, you can't. It's very hard for you to enjoy anything. Yeah, 100%. It's just, you're just kind of grinding through the day and you're just trying to get through the end when you can kind of sit back and yeah. distract yourself through yeah. whatever. Well, and that's like the people that live for the last few hours of every day. Yeah, right? exactly. And like, I think, you know, and no judgment, but I think a lot of people that get to that point, it's like they're numbing themselves at that point yeah. because they can't even process everything that's gone on and because that's the way they've learned how to cope. because they don't know how to regulate their nervous system in other ways yeah exactly i i was that person for a very long time Um, okay all of us have been there you know like there's but once you learn that you don't have to live in that state all the time and that you could actually feel really at ease and calm like all day it's like why wouldn't i think once people get to that point it's like why wouldn't i do these things exactly yeah and it doesn't it really just takes you sitting down and doing it. Like, yeah. and I'm a big person where if like, I don't, I've, I've enjoyed learning the things that are confirming it, like, mm-hmm. like the studies and the different books and stuff. But I'm a person where if you offer me something and it makes me feel better, I don't need you to explain why oh, the same way. Yeah. it works. Like it works. It works. So I'm going to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like, okay. You just tell me if I sit down and crisscross applesauce and just <laughs> breathe, like I'll feel better. Great. I'll do it. Yeah. And I just, that's how it started. But now, you know, you become aware of all these like ways it is actually practically helping and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. But yeah, yeah, I just try to do, I try to do those two things, just meditate and work out in the morning. And mm-hmm. from then on, um, I just kind of let the day, like every day is a little different. Like mm-hmm. I don't try to have a set schedule. But yeah. So as you move into this next chapter within your life um, and kind of like become a holistic health coach, be able to make this like positive impact, I think within your community and just really to be of service to help people learn the things that you have that um, positively benefited your life. Like, what do you think, like, what do you see in your future? What do you see coming up for you? Just holistic coaching. um, Hopefully like on a even bigger scale, um, Mm -hmm. helping, like I really want to help, professional athletes i think um i think professional athletes are almost treated as if they're not human sometimes Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they make so much money um and i think if they're open to it i think i could really help people and not really it's and i I, i'll correct myself i don't think what i'm doing I think the people are helping themselves. I think I'm more just Mm -hmm. acting as a guide of people's own uh, journeys. Um, But if I can, you know, spark something within someone, Mm -hmm. then that's all I'm trying to do. Um, But yeah, at the college level, I'd love to keep exploring like how I can 
help teams and individuals, um, coaches, just whatever, um, whatever kind of opens up as far as like how it will work out. Um, I'm open to, mm-hmm. um, but I just see a, a big, like a big gaping hole in where people aren't yeah. kind of prioritizing athletes, mental health. Yeah. Um, so I just want to kind of change that in a way mm-hmm. in my own network and my own world. Um, because at the, especially at the college level, I don't know how professional organizations work, but um, at the college level, they really just, and this isn't bashing anyone, but it's just, there. I think there needs to be a change, is mm-hmm. they only address mental health as it pertains to um for a lack of a better term like people preventing people from hurting themselves yeah i was gonna say i feel like mental health is like more talked about now but only to the extreme of like someone feeling suicidal but it's like there's so many different steps before someone gets to that spot that like there could be preventative measures that are taken far in advance and also like i am the degree in psychology kind of my backgrounds in mental health and it's like that's so much a part of like i think the issue with it is that we're always trying to solve the problem versus like giving exactly. someone the solution exactly. like positive psychology i think has made major moves within that world to be able to like shift the mindset to be like no we don't want just people not to feel bad we actually like want to study how to make people feel good exactly yeah. exactly couldn't have said it better but yes yeah, and then the other side of that is i think if if we, I just, you know, whoever's in the space can get to people before they reach that breaking point. It yeah. can also be a performance enhancer. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, I, I play casually now just for exercise and for fun. But my mindset when I'm playing basketball, mm-hmm. I wish I had when mm. I was playing seriously. Yeah. And it makes you, when you can make mind and body connections of why I feel the way I feel, why I think the way I think mm-hmm. a miss shot, uh, whatever you think is an error in your sport, mm-hmm. you can experience it way differently and yeah. it can help you perform better. Mm-hmm. So not only mental, the mental health side of things, but you know, if you, if we can get people to understand that, like, like it's okay to work on yourself before you, reach yeah. the 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 peak if you will yeah or, or yeah reach the i'll just say breaking point because that's yeah. what makes sense but if you can you know open yourself up to that before you reach that point it can also help you become a better athlete mm-hmm. um, and perform better so there's yeah. those two kind of well and like have you um studied flow state at all not explicitly. I was like, there's a lot of studies that surround around athletes in particular, and they a lot of studies around Michael Jordan in particular, um, and that fact where he was achieving this flow state while he was perform or while he was playing basketball, and like Kobe Bryant, like they say when he turned into the Black Mamba was when he was in flow state, where like it's like full 100% presence, and it's oh. just like integrating each thing, but like moving in such a manner to where you. Um, 
there's like, it's like that finesse that comes with it. It's like you did something crazy and you're like, I don't even know why I just did that. I've never done it before, but it like worked, you know, like there it's tends to be connected with this concept of flow state. And so I've done studies on it because I've, the way I've felt I've accessed it is through yoga. And so it's Mm -hmm. always like, but then it's like, I don't know, like when I, like when I practice, I put together my sequences. I don't know why I'm doing the, like, obviously I've done it enough and I know the like, or um, the anatomy of it all so like i know what why i'm doing it but to find those little like flourishes and those little like extra points it's like there's an art to it there's like it's like more creative than it is necessarily just the practical nature of it so i was thinking like with basketball and like being able to tie that in there but you got to get the foundation like maslow hierarchy of needs like you have to have the groundwork settled before you're able to like kind of reach that higher point of self-actualization so for sure yeah it's like kind of manufacturing the zone or almost, yeah yeah like creating some kind of structure around it to be able to help other people be able to access it in a more um casual and like enjoying way like that's always what i'm striving for like i want people to enjoy their life and also to be able to perform at a high level mm-hmm. and whatever you're doing so yeah. like let's like excel in like every area but also like have some fun yeah because like I, life's I, too short otherwise yeah i definitely would like to come on do that, <laughs> do that a little bit more um but yeah and that's another way i could help just yeah. you know let your hair down a little bit don't forget to have fun even on on the court you know yeah oh for sure that's even more so on the yeah. court like i think in the times I've, you know, felt the most, I was having the most fun. Unfortunately, I don't think it was on the basketball court, mm, mm-hmm. which is kind of, it's kind of doesn't make sense. That's, yeah. that's why I got into playing basketball is because it's fun. Yeah. And by the time I finished, I was dreading like mm. playing basketball um, or dreading what came with it. Yeah. Uh, because when it's just me and an empty gym, I could have a ball. But yeah. when it came time to perform and win and X, Y, Z, it wasn't the funnest. Um, and that's something I wish I could have experienced differently. But that's something I would love to help. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what comes next for you. How can uh, people find you if they want to connect with you? Um, my Instagram is Smitty. Um, with a lot of underscores on each side of it. I'll tag it. I'll put it in the yeah. caption. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really the. I don't have Twitter or X. I don't have X. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to reach out on, yeah. I was Instagram. like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 changed. it's changed. But um, well, uh, yeah, I'll definitely link it in the notes. And if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to me too, and I'll connect you with this gentleman here. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this blossoms into. I think underestimating how like you are young, there's so much more that can come from all of this. Yeah. And so I'm, and you have so many years to be able to explore. I started practicing yoga. I don't, oh, I started practicing when I was in college, but like I didn't get trained in yoga until I was 24. And um, now I've been teaching for 12 years. So, so it's like, and I still feel like I have so much more to grow. Yeah. And um, it's nice because, but I started 
delving into this at a younger age and that benefited my life and immensely. And now I'm able to help others and continue to learn and grow as an individual too, but it'll change. I'm curious to see how this, like the evolution of it all, yeah. because I think it will shift quite a bit over For time. Sure. We'll see. <laughs> like we'll see. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> well, thank you again. And um, thank you for listening in and joining us for this conversation. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on um, we, this will be played on YouTube at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. You can also find us on Spotify on Apple podcasts, all the things. And then you can also find me on Instagram on the gram at Ferrachino. And I just started a TikTok. I was really uh, avoiding it for a really long time. My uh, friend B was like, get a freaking TikTok. Like, who is not on TikTok? And I was like, I don't know why I felt such a resistance to it. I do too. I've been told that. People have been telling me like, make TikToks. I'm like... I know. Everyone's like, make TikToks. Anyways, so <laughs> I'm on TikTok. Mahamug. At Ferrachino. It's all at Ferrachino. It's just my name. And people are always like, why Ferrachino? And I'm like, it's my name. Like, yeah. my middle name's Chino. And so, oh, it, so it really is okay. my first and middle name. I know. Yeah, See, I, did, yeah, I, know. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what it is. Actually, I started the branding. This was like talking about personal journey there, self journey, but um, just because as you develop your branding and stuff for your like um, coaching, is that um, when I was younger, I used to always, I was so embarrassed about my middle name because everyone would make fun of me. So they're like, Chino mm. was Chino, you know? So I used to not tell people my middle name. Yeah. And it was always just Farah. And so like, I kind of avoided it. And it was something where I like tried to like literally not have anyone know. And so then when I created my branding for myself, I was like, to be able to step into the fullness of who I am then everything switched to Ferrocino. And so then that's why that is all of my tags. Anyways. That's cool. I wish I could. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't want you to know my middle name. What's your middle name? I don't want to say it. <laughs> Come on! No! I told you mine! That's what your Instagram name. That's different. I know. Now you got to tell me. Oh, come on. I'll tell you. You know, got to figure it out. You, you have to... This will be a... Just you wait. This is going to now be his new handle. This is going to be... If you've hot. ever been at a basketball game where my mom was present, you know my middle name. But if you don't, then the mystery i know there's i don't know what's so funny about like there's something like i was really nervous to tell i remember being made fun of like i think it was distinctly it was like second grade or something like that so before i switched i was still in tacoma school districts and i remember i was in class and they're like fair chinos like roberts my man and name and then i was like and everyone in the class laughed and i distinctly remember it and i was like so mortified that i was like no one will ever know my middle name i'm never telling another soul my middle name and so then since then i didn't this was i was 24 25 when i did this and so that was like the first time where i like started telling people what my middle name was and actually then became known everyone calls me Ferrocino now oh. or even like a lot of people will just call me chino kyle says it's my difficult side <laughs> <laughs> He's Japanese. He's like, that's the Japanese side of me coming out. I might be a little difficult. We're okay with that. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. I love all of you guys. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Kaylani in the background. DJ KK. <laughs> <laughs>